Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Now we're going to take him to the blind again. And this time, we're going to consider it all trouble. when he can't see me, but he can hear my voice. He knows my word. He knows my promise. And it doesn't matter what it is. He will learn to persevere. Today, Pastor Randy invites guest speaker Lou Sterrett to our outdoor stage, Under the Trees, as he teaches on horseback. you guys pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Uh, I feel like every time I get up and start talking about your Holy Spirit, the wind blows, and it's a little cold to do that today, Lord. But uh, we thank you for your goodness and your greatness. We thank you for this weekend, this time that we could just pause a little bit and think about things that matter deeply to us. That's what Sabbath is supposed to be. It's not a day off. It's a day forward. And we pray that uh, you would just protect all of us, protect Lou in the process of this and, and, and handsome his horse. We thank you that um, this morning, long before anyone came out here and built fires or turned on sound systems, you were thinking of us. As the psalmist says, there's never a moment. How precious are your thoughts about me? They're innumerable. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Before I welcome Lou up next Sunday, I want to invite you back. I'm going to spend some time next Sunday talking about vision that the Lord's been putting on me and our elders and our staff and where we're going. Uh, nothing revolutionary, but I just invite you to come back next week. It's going to be a great, great Sunday, a great Wednesday. And with it, nothing else uh, being said, would you guys welcome my friend Lou Sterrett? Come on, Lou. Thank you. All right. So we're going to turn our chairs this direction. So this is the way we ought to have church every Sunday, the way I look at it. I, you know what? You are the Atlanta Braves. Bless your heart. You're all decked out and warmed up. And uh, how many of you here last year when we were here? So I'm going to get a hat like yours. I love your hat back there. That's pretty cool. All right. And uh, just delighted to be with you this morning. And I thought, goodness, if any of you show up, I'll be honored. So uh, I'm tickled to death. Uh, I have a horse with me. His name is Sirius Handsome Ransom, and we just call him Handsome. That way, when I'm out riding, people say, there goes Handsome, and I say, hello. Uh, the jokes are bad. They're as bad as Randy's, and you know that's bad, don't you? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, Emma Stevenson behind me and Cami Tabor, a uh, great other part of my team and crew, and we're just delighted to be with you, and I have a short time this morning I want to spend with you, and we want to find out what is the one thing that God wants from you and I when it's all said and done. It has to do with the very first thing that God created. Anybody know what that is? Oh, that's going to get Genesis back in your brain, and you haven't been in Genesis for a while. What's the very first thing that God created? No, you're all wrong. It's the Timex watch. When he separated light from darkness, time was the beginning, wasn't it? And all of us, one of the greatest limitations of our life is time, isn't it? You can get more money, you can get more talent, you can get more help, but you can't get more time. You can't buy it back particularly. And so he said, there's one reason I want to limit your time. Fortunately, we don't live like Methuselah, 962 years or whatever. Our time is short, so it forces us to realize there's an accountability, there's an end to it all. And the way we're living today, we think, praise the Lord, come Lord Jesus as soon as you can. But there's a reason for that. 
And then uh, on this trip alone, I, I'll be at a, a pre-delinquent boarding school on Monday and Tuesday on my way home to Oklahoma, where we hail from. Uh, 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 last two days, we were with uh, drug and alcohol and pornography addiction programs for men. And before that, we were the North Boys, uh, Carolina Boys Academy for boys in recovery from anger and violence and porn and things like that. Why, why would God leave us in such a horrible world? We're scared to raise our children today because of the abductions and, and the things that are out there. And there isn't any of us that aren't deeply exercised by the sin that's abounding in our world and the globalism about all that sort of thing. Why would God do that? You know, to me, I'd get a guy saved and snatch him out so he wouldn't mess up and embarrass me that bad. Because you know how it goes. Well, I want to I do some things with Hanson this morning because I want to talk about one of the most important things in our lives. Now, when we take the bridle off of him, we call this at liberty. That means that they're not under a bridle or a halter or any kind of restraint. I'm going to give this to the girls. And I have a jump set up in front of me. And so we're going to, since he is trained to go at liberty, I'm going to send Hanson around. And I left him fresh this morning because I want you to see him unpracticed, okay? So he obviously knows how to work at these things. So I'm going to have him come around here and trot and come up to the jump and jump the jump. Stinking horse. Anybody want a horse real cheap? What did he do? What did he do? He avoided the jump. Wrong. That's just what it looked like. What he really avoided was the lordship of Lou Sterrett. And he took matters into his own hands and thought, no, no, there's no flag on the play. Come on, buddy. All right, that's, that's for the football game, not now. Now, the, the question is, if, when we think about that, now I'm going to have you back up here a little bit, and I'm going to have you think about what he really did and where he did it. Why? Because we have to realize where sin comes from. Remember, there's a day when the devil will be locked up for a 1,000 years, and men will still sin. Why? Because we're not like Flip Wilson, if any of you remember him, who said, the devil made me do it. How many say the horse decided not to jump here? No takers. How many say here? You all have to make an opinion and vote. This is a required voting, okay? Uh, remember, my rule is if I'm not having fun, I'll make fun of you. So that's just how it is. Got that? All right, here we go. How about back here? Good. How about way back here? Okay. Now let's watch this. Okay, we're going to bring him around. Now I want you to watch when his ear flicks. Oh. Watch him. Oh, that was clever. See there? Oh. He ran out of gas. Now, is that jump evil? Or is there anything on earth that's really evil? No. Remember this, friends. 
everything God made. I've never seen two horses stand on the edge of the field and say, hey, you get a load of the sunset? Boy, is it gorgeous. Or smell that? Oh, that's so good. Or there's flowers. No. You see, animals will poop on it, ignore it, run over it, whatever, because they weren't made in the capacity like you and I to enjoy beauty and smell and aroma and pleasure. All pleasure to man was made by God for our blessing and favor. Everything good, every delightful thing, every smell, every aroma, every relaxation, every sensual stimulus was made by God. All things were pleasant and good. No restrictions. Remember this, friends. The devil has no power to create. He only has the ability to steal what God made and made it dirty and sinister and evil. So we associate pleasure with evil because it creates guilt and compromise because it's out of context, isn't it? From beauty that turns to pornography, from smells that turn to acrid acid, from uh, sensual stimuli that cause compromise. Hello. But God didn't create it that way. And God is a God of all pleasure. So the devil thinks, so the temptation, the question is whether the jump is evil. No. You see, there's something in this horse's heart. And that's why God said that why one goal, Lord, teach us to number our days. Count the days in your life. Count the hours in a day. Count the minutes in an hour. Count the seconds in a minute. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may present to you the one gift that you want, and that's a heart of wisdom. And God wants us to know truth in the innermost being. We say, we're all truthful because we, we go to grace. No, you aren't. You're a bunch of liars, okay? And we hide things in our heart, and we deal with them in layers because we don't really want... Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. But you know what I know? The truth will usually beat you up really bad first and said, you're the man. You have a deceitful heart. Well, we don't want to know that much about our hearts. If we can blame somebody else, we're going to do that. So God allows things that I wouldn't allow because they stimulate us on the outside. But God said, no, no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. For God isn't tempted by any man. But every man is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. What do you mean? This horse has a lust in his heart. And that lust isn't just for things or food or sexuality. He's gelding, so we're okay that way. But it's to do his own life and to live his own comfort zone. Now, temptation is external. So God equates it when lust has conceived, there's a seed and an egg that gives birth to every human and animal out there, and they must be together. Lust itself isn't sin. Desire itself is not sin. Temptation is not evil. But when they get combined in a secret way, they give birth to a decision. And so he made the decision, stay, well, he made the decision to ignore me to dishonor me, to do his own thing. Where did he make the decision? He made it, he made it right back here. The moment he saw that jump, he said, <clears throat> I'm not going to go over that jump, but I'm not going to tell Lou until I send him over the jump. Why is there more pregnancy among Christians than non-Christians? Premarital pregnancy. Because the non-Christian plans on having sexual intercourse. The non-Christian pretends it's an accident. You're a liar. And we realize that we prepare for those things. We don't, nothing just happens. We choose to sin. We choose to suppress truth. We choose to ignore things. And God allows the outside thing to flush to the surface of secret desires hidden in our hearts that we don't want to own. It's like my kids say, my brother makes me so mad. No, that's your own choice. Your brother's irritating. I'll promise you that. 
but the choice to be angry. When I deal with all kinds of perverse groups uh, in our culture, in, 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 um, in our business cultures, and I tell them, and there are every kind of sexual perversion out there, and you and I know what I'm talking about, I'll tell you this. Listen, I have a Judeo-Christian prejudice, and I will likely offend some of you today, but I want you to know straight up, I'm not here to offend you. I'm not here to change you. I'm not here to make you believe what I believe. So I just have one request. Would you please choose not to be offended? And none of them are ever offended, and we talk really heavy truth. You know why? Because every time you and I are offended, it's a choice, isn't it? Oh, stink. You mean it really isn't the other person? No. So in order to get this horse to have victory, because every time he chooses to sin, and if he keeps it up, he has a habit of sin called death, where his relationship will change with me forever. I have to do one of three things to help him succeed. I can either put him on a halter and put him on a line, so I limit his freedom. Remember this, friends. You only have freedom if you have healthy fences. There's no such thing as freedom without boundaries because that's trespassing, that's a violation. So because there's no internal fence or he's violated that, I can put a halter on him and I can take this teenager and I can restrict his, limit, his privileges. I can take the car keys from him, okay, and say you're just doing it. Or I can move this jump to the fence and give him a boundary and help him accomplish that. And so I can set more accountability for him because every one of us have physical fences when we're babies. We have relational fences with reins and we're responsible parents. Eventually, we have conscionable fences where there's freedom, where Christ said, I died, that you might have freedom. So, or I can help him come under authority where he has more accountability so that his liberties are subject to my relationship with him. And I can give him, like the Holy Spirit, all the support he needs not to behave different. Not to behave different. To believe different. Why? Because as a man thinketh, as a man believes, so is he. So where will I get victory over the jump? I'll get victory from the jump right here when I keep his thoughts between my word and my promises. I'll give his, when I give his accountability. And see, he has victory. And victory after victory creates success. It creates a habit of righteousness to such extent that it opens the door. Paul said, I've set before you an open door that no man can close. And you begin to understand that I am defined by my liberties. We think we're given permission to do whatever we want. But you see, grace, the name of your church, is the power and the desire to do that which is right when I have no obligation to do what's right. When I could run off and go to the bars at the happy hour and ignore the people that are watching me or not be a servant. But you see, I have chosen the boundary on the inside of my heart. Why? Because the goal is to turn temptation into triumph, isn't it? So God is not overcome by the fact that the devil lives. Remember, he's only a devourer. You folks don't know about the maggots, do you? Oh, this won't help your breakfast appetite. But in the old days, when we didn't have the medications we have today, uh, a lot of folk medicine would, would introduce fly larva into an open wound because it would eat the dead flesh. It's amazing the devil lives on a bed of maggots. 
In other words, it's always rotting flesh. But as soon as the fly larvae eat up all the rotting flesh, they evacuate the wound. Many a missionary have used that to stay alive in a jungle when they didn't have antibiotics and things like that because it actually works. So the devil is only allowed to have access to that which is legal tender in this world. It's like cookies. You like cookies, don't you? You're a good man. You like cookies. Yes, men live for cookies and milk, the way I think of it. There are a lot of other money and rewards and all that, but basically they're cheap compared to, to, to the cookies and milk. See, my mother, she said... I would go around, she would make me making Christmas cookies, and I'd say, hey, can I have some of the dough? And she said, no, I was going to snitch some. That's Pennsylvania Dutch for borrow and do not return. I was going to snitch some cookie dough. She said, you can't have any of it until I give that which is dedicated to the cookie cutter. You can have all that's not dedicated to the cookie cutter. Do you not understand, dear friends? that the devil has access and the right to everything that is not fully dedicated to God. This is his earth. He has legal tender. Now, when you load a horse on the fence, on the trailer, which is the most important part to load on the trailer? The head? No. The left front leg? No. How about the right? You aren't going to respond, are you? You don't trust me at all anymore. I, I see I've embarrassed you, made a fool of you. You ain't going to do this anymore. I got that. The right front leg, the left front hind leg, the right hind leg. Oh. You know the most important leg to put on the trailer is the last one? Oh, that's really rotten, isn't it? You know which one it is? It's always this one. Why is that? Because it's the farthest point away from the master, the trainer, to control. He has to earn the right. Who cares who owns the first 90% of your heart, friends? Ah, now we're talking serious, aren't we? It's whoever owns the last 10% of your heart that it's the Lord of your life. Yeah, but shut up. There are no yabbits in heaven. There's a season on yabbits down here. It's called the yabbit season. Now, why does God allow things like that? Because he wants that last 10%. If you ride a horse and one out of 10 times they flip over backwards, how safe is the horse? Not at all. You see, and God is interested, and so he doesn't mind his servants being tested. He, he knows the enemy has no power over your life. Why? Because he gave you his name. He gave you his blood. He gave you salvation through Christ. He gave you his word. You're perfectly safe. If you walk in the light, you don't need to fear in the darkness. But if you're playing games with God, you're a dead man. And this is the day and age when we must choose who we're going to serve. If God is God, let's serve him with all of our heart. And if not, let's find who is God. We're not here to play games. We don't have the time to left to play games. And this is the time for men and women to step up. So I've left this difficulty for him. Now, this is a, say, whoa, this, whoa, hey, quit doing that. And I left this, so it's a, it's a trial. You know, the Bible says, consider it all joy. Do you know the word joy in the Bible is almost 90% of the time compared or coupled with trials? Hey, stay, whoa, quit showing off. Now, I don't want him to go through this. No. I want him to hear my voice. Whoa. 
Consider it all joy when you consider various trials for knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect work that you may be, your complete work, you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And so he hears my voice even though he can't always see me. And he pushes through. He pushes through air difficulties, endurance. And he seemed testing me, seemed questioning me. He's evaluating, but there's obstacles here. Let me, let me just stop and tell you a moment here. Back, 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 back. I called Randy two weeks ago. And I said to Randy, how would it be, how would it affect you if I don't come? Monday, tomorrow, two weeks ago, I cut myself with a chainsaw, 16 stitches. I could have cut my leg off. I couldn't ride, couldn't get on a horse, couldn't do anything. And, and the doctor, my wife said, let's cancel your trip. But between stinking Randy and the pastor last Sunday, he said, no, you can't do that. Talk about people wanting their money's worth. I'm telling you, he didn't even give me a deposit. I mean, I was out nothing. Anyhow, so, so I got another rider to help me because I couldn't do that. And people prayed for speedy recovery. But on Thursday, my truck broke down. I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas, had nothing to drive with. So I'm thinking, do I quit now? Hello. I love to quit and go home. I don't feel good. My leg hurts. Everything's backwards. And somebody says they drove five hours, so they said, well, we'll bring you our truck. Praise God. Drove four hours with it, and the engine lights came on. Oh, sting, man. Come on, God. And the girls say, how do you know when to quit? Hello. Are you, are you a stubborn knucklehead, or are you a determined saint? I said, well, girls, we're going to find out whether, which one I am, because I've been accused of the stubborn knucklehead thing. I can't imagine that. Not that you wives have come up, and that's not a good term for you wives to use. Men don't like that. And I said, we'll know, because at the very exit, the lights came on. I called one of my board members. He said, bring the truck in. My son-in-law's a great mechanic. He said, it's a fuel filter. By the way, we'll fix the brakes in your trailer. I said, if the, it came down to the fact that there was no fix, then we'd know that this was the answer. Why? Because Paul requested three times, didn't he, for the thorn to be removed from his flesh. And so we know that there's... We are a quitting generation. We quit all the time over anything. We quit our marriages. We quit parenting. We quit anything that's hard. And we need to be a determined people to live righteously, but not stubborn people because stubbornness is of the enemy. So I'm going to call him now. Handsome. Hey. Come here. Pay attention. I do. Over here. Nobody ever feeds him. So he's not paying attention. So I'll get... Come. No matter how he fails, we always extend our arms to invite him back. Now, we're going to take him to the blind again. And this time, we're going to consider it all trouble. He can't see me, but he can hear my voice. He knows my word. He knows my promise. And it doesn't matter what it is. He will learn to persevere. Do not do that to a horse you don't know. This is so when I'm as old as Randy, I can still get on a horse. That's raw, isn't it? 
<laughs> you love it when somebody comes from the outside and picks on them, don't you? Consider it all joy. Why? Joy has nothing to do with circumstances. It has to do with, I have a Father in heaven who loves me, who's a God of all, over all, in all, and through all. One God who's above all, beneath all, and through all. He's the all-encompassing God. And I can trust him. So what happens when we're tempted? We're all tempted. Tempted to get even, tempted to pout, tempted to lust, tempted to tell, not tell the truth. Bring it to the light. Bring it to light. Remember this, friends. The, the adage that it only takes one sperm to fertilize an egg in the light of temptation is not true. It's not true at all. Why would God waste millions of sperm in every mating if it only takes one? You see, we're not going to fall by one temptation. You see, there's a million sperm that pre-enter the one who fertilized the egg, who wears down the mucus line of every egg until it has no more resistance. And the day, the theme of our day is to wear the believers out in their vigilance to live righteously. And every day you need to keep cleaning up and saying, God, strengthen my immune system. This is the day when our immune system is probably our most greatest asset, isn't it? And our spiritual immune system is our most vital ally. It's the greatest riches we have to be mighty in spirit. How are we going to be there? Strengthened in his word. Rehearsed in victory, not temptation, turning victory or temptation every day. Today, there was something my wife used to say, because we had two boys, and she'd say, we had this little rule, uh, you know, if there was something sensual over here, she said, don't look at that. Well, that's the first thing we looked at. Right, guys? When somebody says, don't look at it, we're going to look at it. I said, that's not working for us. So she'd have to point to something over there. Why? Oh, look over there. And we're looking over there, and we bypassed whatever it was on the other side. Why? We're not here to be against sin, friends. We're here to live life. Let him who steals, steal no longer. God doesn't want you not to be a thief. He wants you to be a giver. Be angry, but don't sin. Oh, don't worry, you don't have to go get angry. Just be more honest when you are. And don't give the devil, don't even give him a lick of an opportunity by going to bed pouting and resentful and mad. Shut up, it's time to get up and live life. You see, we don't have any measurements in the world for death. When we see somebody lying there, we measure for signs of life, don't we? The absence of life is death. And when you and I have the power to speak, we have the power of life and death in our tongue, and we are unwilling, unprepared, and uncommitted to speaking life into others, we're living a death culture. We can curse the world all we want about its death culture and its death programs, and it's definitely headed toward a death culture. We as Christians need to prepare on a daily basis not to resist temptation, but to overcome evil with good to be intentional about finding people, speaking life, investing love in them, because our goal isn't to just get past the temptation. Our goal is to turn, show them how to turn the lust into healthy sexuality, to turn the anger into determination, determine the defeat and the depression into godliness. 
And if we have anything less than our vision, we're not following the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the power of life and death in our tongue. You see, I'm not interested in this horse not bucking. I'm not interested in this horse not, not running off. He has everything he needs for life and godliness, and he lives in fellowship and victory, liberty. It was for our liberty that Christ died. He liberated you from sin so that you may speak life into others. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for these dear saints sitting on a cool morning, and I thank you for their attentiveness, their hungry hearts, and I thank you for the fun and the joy we have of celebrating Christ together and the victories that you've already done in our lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and thank you for this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Erna Brown.